Hello, welcome to a solo episode of Under Our Roof. That is the sound of me playing our theme song on YouTube and dialing up and down the audio because I don't know how to do a fade in effect. It is Lizzie today, no grace, which means I'm on my own tech wise, which means it's going to be low tech, but I kind of like these solo episodes. Grace has been out all day. Uh, Her tattoo artist is in town. Who's also a very good friend. Uh, So she picked him up from the airport and then they went over to do some tattoos, I guess. So anyway, Grace is out and about. I'm home It's the very end of my birthday weekend, and we've had a very full weekend. It's been really fun. I think on our last episode, I said I wanted to have a Titanic movie night, which I did. I had that last night. It was super fun. It was kind of everything I wanted. And then on my actual birthday on Friday, Grace and I just went to dinner and hung out, and it was beautiful. Just exactly what I wanted. No birthday curse this year. I know I talked about that. I mean, I don't really believe in a curse, but I'd had a spell of hard things happening on my birthday. I don't want to say bad birthdays because it wasn't like I was just disappointed um, by, I don't know, not having it be exactly how I wanted. It was like bad things kept happening. It all started when our dog died on my birthday five years ago. And then I felt like ever since then, I kind of had just had hard birthdays. But this year was great. And now I can officially say that because it's past. So it was a great birthday. And thank you. Um, I got a lot of messages actually from listeners saying happy birthday. That is so nice. Thank you so much. I had a great day. Kind of in the theme of it being my birthday weekend, my idea for this solo episode was to share 31 things that I've learned in 31 years of life. I really like odd numbers, so I'm excited to be an odd number again, 31. I so far have loved my 30s, so I'm all for the hype around turning 30. I feel like everybody that's turned 30 always says that 30 being 30 and being in your 30s is so fun, and I totally agree. It seems like a great age. There's a lot of good things about being a little bit older than when you're first sort of an adult, but yet you still are very young. So anyway, it's great. But I also love 31 because I was obsessed with Baskin Robbins growing up. And I'm pretty sure that's their whole thing is they have 31 flavors or there was 31 original flavors. So think of this episode as a variety pack of my 31 flavors for 31 years of just pieces of wisdom, things I've learned about myself. So some of these may not be for everyone. It's more of something I've learned about me. And these are in no particular order. I just wrote them down as I thought of them. Um, And I know this is kind of cheesy. I feel like people do these like 18 lessons I learned by my 18th birthday and they're maybe cliches, but I wanted to do one. I've never done a list like this and I had fun making it. And I actually reminded myself of a few pieces of wisdom that I like to hold dear. So without further ado, here we go. One, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I really think that one of the best life hacks, for lack of a better word, that's sort of, I don't know if that's the right term, but if you do things when you first think of them, they're done. The phrase that I've heard, which is not my phrasing, I don't know whose it is, but somebody came up with this quote, which is, things done when first thought of require no further attention, meaning 
if you get a bill in the mail and you pay it right then, then it's just done. And it becomes weightier and looms more in your mind the more you don't do something when you've already been thinking about it for a while. So I really, really try to do that. As soon as I think of something that needs to be done, I just do it. Um, relatedly, number two, if it takes less than a minute, I do it immediately. And sometimes I tell Grace, no, actually don't take that literally because we're already running late. So even though that opening up the curtains would take less than a minute, let's just go because we're already late. But in general, <clears throat> if something if something comes up um, around the house, especially I'm thinking housework and just little chores and little life admin things, if it takes less than a minute, do it right away because otherwise those add up and again, they become more weighty than they should be. Three, I really think that most cocktails should be stirred, not shaken. And this could go for mocktails too, any type of beverage. So when you shake a cocktail in a cocktail shaker with ice, the ice breaks up, not totally, but it starts to break up just from the motion of shaking it. So your drink gets watered down. And I feel like it's not as good when you shake it. Whereas if you take one of those long cocktail spoons and you just stir in a, in a shaker with ice really, really fast until the outside of the glass or the shaker is frosty, that is better. I think martinis should always be stirred, not shaken. The only exception would be something like a Pisco, um, like a Pisco sour where you have egg white and you want to froth it, then you need to shake it. But aside from that, I just think stirring cocktails is better than shaking. These are kind of all over the place. So uh, that was number three. Uh, okay, four. There is this, I think it's a proverb literally in the book of Proverbs, but it's kind of just a saying, which is there is nothing new under the sun. And I like to think about that in a positive light in terms of something doesn't have to be 100% unique and original to have value. I get really hung up on that sometimes. Even when I was working on this list, I was thinking like, well, somebody's already said it. I don't want to waste people's time and have this episode be a bunch of platitudes that they've heard or seen on a quote mug or something like that. And that's not my intention at all. But then I have to remind myself just because I'm not the first person to ever have a thought. And I don't think there are that many original thoughts, to be honest. I'm still me and people are unique, even if our inventions and thoughts and ideas often overlap with each other, the way that we can deliver it in our personal life experience is actually unique. And it might be a way of framing something that's not new, but it's it gets through to somebody differently or it's just the first time they've encountered it. Like almost nothing on this list is unique to me, but maybe you haven't heard it before, so it can bring some value to you. Number five, clean sheets, and waking up to a clean space are some of the best gifts you can give yourself, I think. If you just need a little, Grace and I call it psychological luxury, those two things are really great. Six, you make time for the things you care about. And I think that's kind of controversial. And I'm not saying there aren't periods in life where you can't really do all the things you care about, but year after year, well, week after week, month after month, and then eventually year after year, you do. I really do believe that. And I think if it matters to you, you make time. Seven, doing even a five-minute meditation reset can really change your whole day. If your day is going off the rails and it is not going your way, 
doing a five minute meditation, especially like a guided one, that's what I prefer to do. I think it can really, really turn your day around. And that's something I've learned kind of recently. I've become kind of a meditation girly, which I did not anticipate. I used to kind of be not into meditation and I've been really loving it lately. And even five minutes, I think the benefits, you don't have to meditate for 45 minutes. I very rarely do that. I've done in the last three months, I've probably done like two meditations that were longer than 20 minutes, but I I just love it. Eight, this is actually kind of related to the one before. Your thoughts have a lot of power and you can really shift your energy and shift your reality to some degree based on your thoughts and what energy you're bringing to a situation. There is limits to that and sometimes things are out of our control. Often things are, but your thoughts have power and I'm realizing that more and more with each year that I'm on this earth. Nine, this is specific to dogs. Your dogs most likely are not going to look like a dog food commercial dog. And by look, I mean their whole being isn't going to be like the dog food commercial dog that's just perfect and happy and gets into some mischief, but generally is just a dopey little dog. Like in my experience, dogs tend to have baggage, actually. I remember our first dog. This was a big lesson I learned with him. He did not want to be around other dogs at all. He really didn't like any other dogs. And we tried for so long to get him to like other dogs. We spent so much money on training, so many tears cried over just trying to get him to like other dogs. And then finally, the trainer that got through to us was like, he wants to be a couch potato and be really loyal to you and just have a relaxing life at home. He doesn't want to go to dog parks. Don't try to make him do that. And that was such a good wake-up call. And I'm guessing for people who have kids, it's probably similar. Like your kids come, they're, they're autonomous people, um, but I don't have kids yet. So I only know for dogs, it's true. Like they, they're not going to be perfect, but they're not cookie cutter creatures. They're sentient beings. And I think the sooner you can let them be the way they are, the happier you will all be. 10. Grounding, which by that I mean putting your feet in the grass or even better in sand on the beach, is real and it really changes your state, I think. Um, I don't know. I've heard stuff about uh, negative energy. I don't mean negative as in um, unhappy, but negative as in like a negative charge being discharged through the ground. I don't know about all that. All I know is that being putting my feet in the ground can make a huge difference in how I physically feel. I think even more than mood, it actually affects how physically good I feel in a given day. And an extreme version of this is I've actually found that when I have a hangover, which I honestly very rarely do at this stage in my life, I'm just not looking for that. That's not pleasant, but I've been known to have a hangover in my life. And if I go to the beach and put my feet in the sand, it goes away like nothing else. And I've never believed in like a hangover cure aside from that. So grounding is real. 11, the way you speak to a significant other, and I would say to basically everyone, but I'm kind of thinking about relationships here. The way you speak to your partner really matters and that's something Grace and I don't really have like relationship rules or 
I don't know, we we just kind of talk about things and I think we have we've just known each other so long at this point that it goes decently smoothly. But early on in our relationship, we kind of made clear like we're never going to yell at each other. We're never going to say call each other like a name, like say you're you're such a blank or whatever that once you say it, it's out there. I'm not saying you can't recover from it, but the way you talk to that person really matters. And I think that's one of the most powerful things we have in a relationship is the words we select when we talk about and to our partner. So I think just treat it as kind of sacred is my advice because it really matters. 12. We, I know this from science, not from personal research, but we have chemicals in our body like oxytocin and serotonin and different things. And you can take also medication that alters those. But I think it's really important to learn ways that you can raise levels of those drugs, essentially, uh, chemicals in your body. And like one of them, oxytocin, if you hold a dog or a partner or a a person, a kid that you have, whatever. But I, I do it with my dogs a lot. If you hold like a dog against your chest and just like hug them for however long, I feel such a difference in my body. And if you just look up like ways to increase oxytocin, when you're feeling down, you will feel a physical change from doing things to increase your oxytocin. 13. My thoughts are not facts and my anxiety is not intuition. I think I've heard both of those from many sources. And in my earlier 20s, I feel like I was really struggling with those often. I would get carried away with thoughts about either something bad happening, like, you know, danger, violence, like things like what if something happens to Grace when I'm not there or my family? If I couldn't reach people, I would get really worried. And I still struggle with that sometimes, but just reminding myself that surge of anxiety and what if is not my intuition knowing something. Like I just have to hammer that home for myself. You do have a good intuition and I have another one on my list about intuition, but you do not have an intuition that like something terrible has befallen a loved one. You just don't. And that is not what it is. That is an intrusive thought. And that's been a big difference to help myself realize. 14. Food made from scratch, I have to say, is always the best. So a pie crust that's store-bought versus made from scratch, it really is good. Making like a from scratch aioli with egg yolk and oil, ugh, is so good versus like mayo from the bottle. But there's a part two to this. Always at the same time, I recommend have a few good freezer meals stocked And also just know when to order takeout. Like, yes, from scratch is best, but not at the cost of your back aching and being exhausted and just being so tired and sick of cooking. I love cooking. It's like one of my main outlets, but you got to know when to pump the brakes and just make it easy. 15. I think I've talked about this also on the podcast, but location, like where you physically reside, really matters And I think I have to, for myself, value my peace of mind and quality of life over almost everything. Like sometimes people ask about moving so far from where I grew up and taking that plunge. 
And I mean, I know this is a very privileged standpoint and it's not so easy all the time, but for me, I just feel like I have, I have to prioritize my quality of life because that's everything. And for me, I love living in LA right now. Grace and I have started to think about whether that is forever. And I don't, I really don't know. All I know is if we ever leave LA, even if it's like somewhere relatively nearby, we have to find a place that is just idyllic for us because I think that your location just affects you so much and it's something you can't change. Like you can change what time you wake up in the morning, you can get a different routine, you can adopt a pet, you can change your the way you cook and what you take into your body, but your location is what it is and I just think it's so worth, even though probably I could have saved so much more money if I didn't live in LA. It's at the same time, you can't take money with you, but you, your life is your life. It's, you have, you got to prioritize your happiness, I think. 16, chosen family is real family. I feel really strongly about that to the point that I have shamelessly, and not that I should have any shame, told people I'm going to a family wedding when I'm not actually related to the person. Like as in with work or whatever, I'll just be like, yep, I have a family wedding, gotta go. And it is because that's my chosen family. I'm not saying I say that for any friends. There's probably a very short list of people that I consider chosen family. But I just think that's so important that, I mean, it's like you literally choose your family when you get married. So why shouldn't that apply to, you know, your core two, three people that you have no blood or marriage relationship to, but they are your family. And I think it's, very uh, close-minded and, dare I say, heteronormative to discount chosen family because it's absolutely real family. 17. I love low-maintenance friendships, and I've realized that my best friends are low-maintenance friendships. I have a second one, which is going to be number 18, but just for a second, number 17. I think there's something really important for me to have friends that know that we may not talk every day. We may not talk every month and that's okay. And that's where we are in our lives right now. I've had, I have best friends who at some point in the past, we would text every single day. And right now where we are, we're all around 30. We're just not really doing that because we have a lot else pulling us apart and we don't live in the same place anymore. But the love and the memories and the desire to make them a priority and get together in person is always still there and catching up when you see them like no time has been passed is is everything and I think I personally I do make a big effort with my friends I think and so I'm going to talk about that in 18 but whenever I've had friends who make me feel guilty for not doing more that's a huge red flag to me especially because I know I'm not somebody who forgets about my friends and never cares about them or checks in with them. I am somebody who does that. So if I get even an ounce of guilt of like, oh, well, won't you do this? It's none of my best friends do that. So it's not a problem in my life right now, but it's come up in the past and that's like a huge problem for me. Okay. 18 is a companion to 17. So the second part is, but friendship is work and you cannot realistically maintain every friendship you've ever had. Some are going to fade away and that's okay. But for the ones that you want to keep, it is work. And I think there's a difference between saying like, you know, I 
we're on the same page, that we're low maintenance, we talk when we can, we have so much love for each other, and then dropping off the face of the earth and then only really checking in when you kind of need something or you don't have anything else to do, that's different. And I think in your heart, you know the difference, or at least I do. I feel like I've gotten to know the difference, but I do put in the work and put in the effort to make sure my friends feel thought of and to just stay on top of what's going on in their lives as best as I can. But I also don't do that for everyone that I've ever had a friendship with. And some of those have faded and that's okay. And I wish them all well. 19. This is from my grandmother who is very special to me. She's really the only living grandparent I've had in my adult life because my other grandparents either died before I was born or when I was pretty young. And she always says, she says this is a blanket statement. I'm going to narrow it. But she says, never turn down a chance to eat or use the bathroom. I would say that's pretty true, especially when you're traveling or like away from home or doing something like that. I don't know if I would say never turn down a chance to eat. You might find yourself very ill if every time someone offers you anything, you have to take it. But I get what she means, which is like, don't be... If you're if you're traveling, it can be rocky. Like you can be trapped on the tarmac for three hours on a flight or whatever. Anytime somebody, anytime there's a decent chance to go to the bathroom, you should take it. I, I'm somebody that always has to stop and go to the bathroom, so that's a good piece of advice. And also, if you get if you're again on a plane or something and they're giving out little snacks, just take one because you never know if you might later feel like your blood sugar's super low and you're so faint with hunger. And at least you have that little pack of pretzels or whatever in your backpack. 20. People probably are not thinking about you in the sense that I think we way overestimate how much someone might be judging what we said last night or what we wore or how cool we are. They're thinking about themselves. They're probably not thinking about you. I think that's been an important realization in my adult life. 21. Sleep is so, so, so important at the risk of sounding like a grandma. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with grandmas. As I just said, I love mine, but it really is. It may be in my, in my overall experience, the most important thing. And as far as taking care of yourself, because even if I'm eating junk food and don't have time to move my body at all, if I can at least get eight hours of sleep, I'm going to feel okay. Whereas even if I'm eating beautiful produce and seasonal things and protein and drinking lots of water. I, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm not functional. So I just think prioritizing sleep is important. 22. As far as our online lives, which is a big part of most people's life, I would say, I've had to really listen to my gut and remember if I have even the tiniest flicker of doubt about posting something, like maybe I'm going to make a little cheeky joke. I mean, if you follow me, you're probably like, you're not exactly the raciest content, which I realize. But you know, sometimes I have a little personality post or share something that I think is funny. And But if I have even a tiny flicker of doubt, it's nixed. I'm like, nope. If If my gut even barely speaks up and says, somebody could take this a certain way. I will not post it. And I think that's, it's so much better. I never have regretted not posting an Instagram story, but there's a couple times that I'm like, uh, does that come off as snobby or judgy, which is really never what I want to seem. So yeah, I I'll never regret not posting basically. 
23. This is not my quote at all. I think it's been attributed to Marilyn Monroe, but like so many quotes have been attributed to her. So I have no idea if it's from her, but the quote is to be interesting, be interested. And I think that is really good advice. If you are going into having a lunch meeting with someone or at a party, not knowing many people having to strike up conversations, it really is the best way to seem interesting and to be somebody that others enjoy speaking to is to be interested in them. I think that is the key to being a good conversationalist is being interested in the other person. 24. Pay attention to how people and things make you feel. And I think that is just to say, listen to your intuition. It's valuable. It's real. And there are people that over time I've just realized I always end up feeling a little bit bummed out after either watching their content online or speaking with them. I, and I just have had to realize life is too short to really spend time, con- especially consuming content because that's so easy to just not do. But even, I'm not saying cut people out, but I've just had to realize I can't, uh, I can't go on with always giving everyone the time of day, even if they make me feel bad about myself. 25. You'll notice I don't think I've talked about like spending money or things that are worth spending your money on at all in this because I still feel like I'm figuring that out. But this one I will. Investing in good skincare is really worth it. I, over years, have slowly developed a routine and a regimen of skincare, and I update it often because I just see a new product that I think I want to try or I learn something that might be worth implementing. And I don't know if anyone would be curious about that. I'd be happy to talk about it more in depth of like what my skincare is, not that I have perfect skin. I really don't, and skin's been one of my biggest insecurities in my life. But I think that investing in certain products including sunscreen. And I mean like good sunscreen that you can wear every day that feels weightless and not like zinc oxide white sunscreen on your face every day. Um, not that that's bad. I just don't think I would want to wear that every day because it just feel heavy. So yeah, sunscreen, good skincare, very, very worth it. 26. A hot shower can really turn around a bad mood. I think that has been another life hack, shall we say for me is just realizing, okay, this day is not going well. I just feel icky. If I just take a hot shower for seven minutes, I will feel better. Not everything will be fixed, but I will feel better. 27. Early mornings are, I think, one of the most underrated times of day. And if I can get up early, it's so worth it to get a jump on the day to feel like you have already accomplished something on your list before the world wakes up. It's really nice. And they're also beautiful. I think sometimes early morning is even beautiful than like sunset. 28. Trends really do come back around. And I feel like there's things that I would have been made fun of for wearing that later will be so cool. And so with all that in mind, listen to what you actually like and what you feel good in. The older I get, the less tolerance I have for clothing that I do not feel free and comfortable in. If it's restrictive, if it's chafing in any way, it's a no. Um, I think, I'm not saying don't listen to trends because trends can be fun and maybe you'll, through a trend, discover kind of a more timeless style that you want to keep in rotation even once the trend is technically gone. But trends swing around all over the place. So don't forget to think about what 
what does classic mean to you? What is a classic style to you that you can wear all the time and invest in clothing that you'll keep for years and years? 29. Sometimes the most powerful response to whatever is to do nothing. It really is so powerful to just not react and not respond to certain things. I really believe in just not giving energy to things that don't have your best interests at heart. 30. Setting ambiance sounds. So looking up like cozy attic rainstorm ambiance on YouTube and playing that and or also playing the 528 hertz frequency music, which I only discovered in the last few months. It's incredible. Um, 528 hertz is this like magic frequency. I don't know the science behind it, but apparently there is some science behind listening to 528 hertz. That's like the HZ symbol, not H-U-R-T-S. Um, and it's, I don't know what it is, but it is so soothing to put on 528 hertz on YouTube. I remember one night I was staying up late. It was like almost midnight and I had to get this thing done for work and I was really stressed out. I was like waiting for somebody to email me this thing and then I had to turn it around and it was late. And I Grace was on tour too. So I was alone and just felt awful. And I turned on 528 hertz music for the first time because I had seen earlier that day somebody say online, like, you should try 528 hertz. It's really soothing. And I was like, I'll try whatever. I can't have a drink because I'm working. Not that a drink is the best answer, but you know, I was like, I can't, I shouldn't have a glass of wine and kick back. Like I'm still on the clock. I got to focus on this for work, but I need to calm down because I'm stressed. I put on 528 hertz. I, I've never felt a reaction to sound like that. I felt like my whole body was vibrating and I felt like I got like hit in the chest in a soft way, like a like a feather hit me in the chest and like slowed down my heart rate. It was wild. And I am a huge fan of 528 Hertz music now. Even when I'm not stressed out, I'm just wanting to wind down. It's really nice. And then 31, last but not least, it's kind of cheesy, but just to be kind, really, it is, it costs nothing to be kind. I know that's a saying, but it's true. I think that extends to just, especially how you interact with a stranger. It's like, say hello and have some pleasantries before asking for something that you need, even if it's like the grocery store you want to ask where something is. I think we're so accustomed to almost not seeing people as humans and not saying, hey, excuse me, you know, hello, hi there. And then maybe asking your question. It's always just like, where's this? How do I do this? I think people, I don't know, maybe I'm being too sensitive, but even like when I message people online, if I read somebody's blog or something, instead of being like dress link question mark, I'm like, hey, I love your content. I was reading this post. Do you have a link for that dress? I, again, I mean, people have short com- short exchanges that don't always have to be like, hello, sir or madam. Like, I'm not saying that, but I think just slowing down a little bit and being kind costs nothing and it will always get you farther in life and just make you a happier person and a better person to be around. And I would like to, in my next year of life, continue being a good, safe person for other people to be around and to bring value and some joy to this world as much as I can. So thank you so much for listening to my 31 things. Oh, and I just looked at my voice 
memo where I'm recording this and I'm at the 31 minute mark. So this feels like a good sign. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you later.